Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello everybody and welcome to We Say Things episode 19. My name is Suns Fan, joined by Sinner. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by our friends at Fractal Design. Thank you, friends. For being our only sponsor, you're awesome. Cinder, how are you? I'm good. I woke up. I was in bed for a bit. I read a bit about puppies because we're planning on having a dog. Oh, and what I'm kind? learning. Uh, a what's the full name for it again? Nova Scotian duck tolling retriever. I don't know if you know them. They're called sure tollers in daily speech. Are They're they cute? Cool. Yes, they're very cute and they're intelligent and they're very pretty and they're a good family dog. So perfect. You know, I would we don't love, go hunting. I would love. What is it about people getting dogs that fit their personality? You want an intelligent dog? Slacks has a goddamn idiotic pug. <laughs> like, <laughs> does that does that just nah, fit so here's his the, personality? Here's the thing. That's not about fitting your personality. That was literally the only dog that Slacks could get where he could Why? feel smart. <laughs> So it's by comparison. Yeah, you get one that's, that. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you guys don't already know, of course, this podcast, uh, you can find all the audio stuff on sunsfan.gg slash podcast. We're going to do it live every week, Tuesdays, 2 a.m. PST slash 11 a.m. CEST. And it is on Spotify and Apple, whatever they call it, and Google Podcasts, Cinderin. We and have other a review. Cats, the cats, cats, that's cats. true. We have yes. a review. Why don't you read it? Only oh, one review read this out time. The review? Yeah. All right. This one is from Bees Two Knees. I would rate six stars, but I would rate this podcast six stars if you had Bulldog on as a guest. A TI winner could really heighten the level of conversation. Um, it could change the level of conversation. What I are think. you trying to say? Uh, thank you very much for your review. What are you trying to say, Sindrin? I don't know. Do you I know, need to say it? This isn't confirmed, so I don't want to get anybody excited. We may have a guest next week. Oh, and thanks we're for very me. we're very picky on the guests. So I'm hoping that oh, yeah, this actually, person I do. you have told me, never mind. I have told you. Don't lie to everyone. Uh, <laughs> if it goes through, I think everyone's gonna be very happy. It should be I'm not even sure what kind of format we're gonna do, so we're gonna have to talk about it at some point. I kinda wanna oh, just shit. do like a little bit of what we do already, but mostly it's interviewing them almost. Like I want to hear about their whole life. That's what I want to do personally, but I don't know if people are okay. interested or not. But anyway, uh, cool little factoid. Uh, like I said, this podcast is available on Spotify, and we've actually, Cinderin, cracked the top 100 list for games in da, the U.S. Da, da, da. for podcasts on Spotify. What do you think about that? That's amazing. That Incredible. is amazing. Absolutely. Um, you said something about the last episode also being in like the top 20 in Denmark. Yes. That's Damn. correct. Look Denmark at us. Only, go us. Denmark has like 30 podcasts, so we're doing very well. Mm -hmm. We're doing about average. Let's, let's just keep 
touching ourselves. Good. I could do that all day. So just a quick reminder before we get started, because we do get comments about this from time to time, Cinderin, and I know that this is the minority of people, most likely, unless everyone's just not speaking up. This podcast, again, need to reiterate, is not strictly a Dota podcast. Dota is the emphasis, but we will always be talking about other stuff that's related to esports in general or video games. It may be Valve related. It may not. That's just how it is. Like this episode, for example, there's a good portion of it that will not be Dota 2. Just saying. So moving on. Cinderin. Yes. I wasn't going to talk about this story, but it has already been released. So I'm just going to talk about it. Would you like to hear the black story from Jungle Jam by any chance? I mean, I've heard it already, but... It could get another. Cinderin, it could do it one more time. Why? Why are you? doing I've this? never heard this story before. Please tell me. Two things. First of all, you shouldn't. Why the fuck are you eating on stream, on this podcast? You know, people listen. They don't like to hear people eating, right? They can't hear it. I can hear it. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> all right. The black story from Jungle Jam. Uh, this is. I don't even mean to laugh. I may laugh from time to time when I say this story, and I feel so bad for Black. I just have to say that first and foremost. I love Black. He's a cool guy. The situation is so fucking stupid that you almost have to laugh. That's how I feel about it. So you guys know Black, of course, is a carry player. He's played on a lot of teams, had find some success. I think his most success was on Vici Gaming, I want to say, in that one year. They kept getting like second place a lot of times, and they end up kicking him for I can't remember who. But they didn't Can do you hear well. me eating now, by the way? You're doing fine, Cinder. Thanks for interrupting Excellent. the story with I'll your useless keep, information. Oh, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'm loving Okay, mm-hmm. so Black, if you guys don't already know, is a very active person. Uh, I wouldn't say hyperactive, but he's very physical, very, uh, he's into like working out, he's very healthy, all that stuff. And at the Jungle Jam in Denver, he was invited as a caster. And the entire time he's just wanting to do physical activities like because we had some stuff planned like tug of war for example we had planned but we ended up scrapping it because we couldn't find a rope plus it could be dangerous but he wanted to do (laughs) stuff like that he was always trying to find people to arm wrestle so i'm going to tell you the story i don't know the most entertaining way to say it so i'm just going to say it in the order in which it happened for me okay i so just to give you guys an idea of there's a little stage area where the talent is located um, and then there's a, you know, an audience area where, you know, 50 or so people can sit. And then in the back of the audience area is like some tables that you can eat. Okay. So I end up around that area. It's super late at night. This is the last day. This is the actual grand finals day of TI. And we, I'm, it's like everyone's basically gone to bed from the town, except for me and a couple people. I stayed up all night. Kudos to me, by the way, I'm amazing. Uh, I started talking to this kid that was uh, from Kuwait, and he had a liquid jersey on. So we were talking about liquid. We were talking about, you know, things we have in common with being in the Middle East. He's from Kuwait. Uh, Very cool guy. Had a lot of cool conversations with him. He was very excited for liquid to hopefully win the lower bracket finals, right? This is before that started. So I go back into the, the break room, and I don't know, I'm doing whatever, and I come back like an hour later. And I don't see him. I don't think anything of it, of course. And I start hearing fans talk. It's like, did you hear what happened? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, I think Black dislocated his arm or something. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? 
It's like he was arm wrestling. I think he dislocated his arm. He's in the hospital right now. It's like, what the fuck is going on? It's so weird. So I go talk to Zayori, and he tells me, I, I have no idea what happens. It, he, he just came up to me. His arm was, it looked like it was dislocated or something. So I got him an Uber or a Lyft or whatever to go, because this is the kind of crazy part. You don't want to call an ambulance unless you really need it because it's very expensive in the U.S. because the healthcare is garbage. Yeah, USA for the win. So he's at the hospital. I'm like, okay, I, I don't understand what happened. Like, can somebody tell me the story? He's like, well, he was just arm wrestling and he heard a pop and he just ended up at the hospital. So find out a little bit later. We look at security camera footage. It doesn't show very much. We just show him coming out of the area with a hurt arm, putting it in some ice and whatnot. And... The most ridiculous thing, Cinderin. A couple hours later, the kid from Team Liquid, uh, not from Team Liquid, the Team Liquid fan comes back to the venue and starts talking to me, and he's super depressed, right? He's sitting in the back of the venue. He's not, he didn't even watch the lower bracket finals of Liquid playing, even though he's so excited because he was at the hospital the whole time with Black. And I find out that he has a video of what happens, okay, on his phone. So what happened was Black was just interacting with the fans, obviously wants to do all this physical stuff. He's The whole day he's talking about arm wrestling somebody. So he <laughs> finds it. <laughs> that in itself is funny. Hey, exactly. You guys are Dota fans too. Fucking arm wrestling. So he finds... Like you can't fuck with me. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of dick measuring going on here for sure. But So apparently he finds this Team Liquid fan. They start talking. The Team Liquid fan is... Uh, I wouldn't say he's like he's buff in a sense like he's ripped but he's not like huge he's like a thin very he has a six-pack but he's not like huge okay how do you he's know he's definitely in shape he took off his shirt several okay. times for arm wrestling or no just to i don't know why he did it he actually reminded me of one of my good middle eastern friends it's it's just a middle Eastern. do you think thing. he wanted to impress black it, it, it's possible. I mean, I think Black wanted okay. to impress him as well, for sure, because that's mm. Black's MO well, as well. It definitely seemed like there was some tension so, there. Yeah. in the back, they challenge each other to a, a friendly arm wrestling contest. And I'm looking at this video that another person took, okay, of this happening. Black starts arm wrestling, and you can see that he, his form is fucking horrific, like really bad. And I'm sorry for the audio listeners. This is more for video. So when you, maybe you can explain this better than me because your English is in fact better than mine. When you arm wrestle, uh, you want your arms like this. Okay. And like, right, we're talking right now. We're talking. If you imagine your arms up straight, it's like we're, we're talking like 30 degree angle here. 30 degree angle. Okay. Black, for some reason, he extends his arm and his shoulder like this. This is how he's arm okay. wrestling. So he's bending over, or that's not the word. Uh, he's leaning too much forward, and he yes. has a 45-degree angle. Yes. Very good, Cinder. See, I could never do that. So they're arm wrestling, and at 20 seconds in the video, and I'm bracing myself, by the way, you hear somebody behind the camera say, dude, you're going to break your arm if you keep arm wrestling like that. That's not good form. You literally hear somebody say that 10 seconds later, his arm snaps in half. The under the bicep area, it literally snaps in half. I'm like, holy fucking shit, that is not a dislocated arm. He literally broke his arm. He broke it in half. Cinderin. Did he win? He lost horribly. Oh. <laughs> like, so what happened was the kid uh, sorry. Fell, 
the kid felt super bad for breaking his arm, even though I don't really think it was his fault at all. They were just arm wrestling, and you know, it is what it is. So he goes to the emergency room with him. He apparently pays the bill for the emergency room, which is like a thousand dollars. And yeah, Black has a broken fucking arm. It's the whatever the muscle underneath the bicep literally broke in half clean. So it's going to be like four to six months of rehab or whatever you want to call it to get healthy. He's in a splint right now. He had surgery in the U.S., even though we told him it would probably be better to go to another country. But he said that (laughs) Singapore is actually more expensive, which... Oh, it might be. That's true. It might be like the only country that's more expensive than the U.S. So This whole thing is just... For a Dota player who needs his arm to perform that's like that's one thing that is super sad right and it's really bad timing and yeah the the worst thing about it is or i don't know if that's the worst thing maybe that's a good thing in that situation it's just you can only really blame yourself right it's just it's just a stupid move he's probably kicking himself he's at least not hitting himself um right he's got to be kidding kicking himself after that and yeah it sucks um I guess he was planning to play competitively season, I think. So now mm-hmm. he's probably on like a six-month break from that. He can't really play Dota. Um, it's tough to say. Like, he can move his fingers fine. And yeah. maybe if you have a high sensitivity, okay, it's possible. It is possible. I'm not sure, though. I don't know. Yeah. It, it would that's, be hard, for that's, sure. That's really shit. That's, so that's the other thing, suck, but I do want to... Okay, hang on. Let me, okay. let me... Oh, sorry. So no, go ahead. imagine you were in this position and this happened to you. Yes. Would you rather that you were dumb yourself and you caused this and you're like, I was so fucking stupid or that it was somebody else's fault. What it's would no, give no. you more? What would you find more solace in? More solace? What do you mean by Is that? Is that the right word for that? Maybe it's the wrong word. May- that makes you feel better about it, you mean? Uh, solace is the word for that. Yeah. What what would make you feel better? Like you're obviously really sad about it, right? Well, of course but... it would make me feel better to blame somebody else, but that's I, w- I don't think I would blame somebody else. That's just a dumb move. So here, here's the thing, Senator. I, I need to finish this up with one thing. So right. this story got out a few days ago from Zayori's podcast, and mm-hmm. he mentioned, which I will mention as well, that Black's wife actually tweeted that she she was basically very upset with Moonduck and the whole breaking the arm thing. I think some people may have harassed her on Twitter as a result of this. That's not okay. Just look at it from her perspective. Obviously, she's wrong, but... She's probably not hearing all the information since he's in the right. you know in and out of the hospital. They're across the entire world from each other. She's just reacting to this as it comes to her. So I I can't blame her for that because um, it is a fucked up situation. But maybe she didn't hear the whole story. Like <laughs> I feel like anybody just sits down and listens to it. Like eh, that's kind of it's very natural in situations like that where something drastic happens that you you know people get emotional and they. You know, they vent, right? She's basically venting. She's super upset with the whole situation. You need something to, you know, something to blame or something to complain to or about or whatever. I think, I mean, if you were put in that situation and you didn't have all the information, I think it could easily happen to anyone that you just jump to the wrong conclusion. So I don't think she's very much to blame. And yeah, like, regardless, you don't harass somebody like that anyway. Like, if they're wrong, you can point it out, but don't go for the person, go for the argument, right? Yep. Um. There is actually something I should say. I'm checking Black's Twitter right now. He tweeted yesterday, I'll undergo surgery tomorrow. If there are no complications, I'll be ready to play by next week. Okay. Bless RNG. That's so, great. This is the silver lining here. It's obviously super shitty what happened. He's not going to enjoy it. It fucking sucks. But 
in my opinion, the silver lining is it's definitely a learning experience. It's something that he's hopefully never going to have happen again because now he's made the mistake himself. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. Like when I say, what do you find solace in? Because it feels like, you know, if you were in control of it and you made the mistake, you're the one who learns. If somebody mm -hmm. else would have cost this on him, he would just, it'd just be a shitty situation. He would feel powerless, right? Right. Um, so maybe that's a positive. And then obviously uh, the silver lining here is if the doctors have told him he can use his hands in a week, that's really good news because it means he can play. Yeah. Uh, even if his arm isn't very fit, he can't play basketball, which he loves or whatever, but he can definitely play Dota. And that's and, that was the biggest concern from him and his wife. I think was that he couldn't, you know, go for pursuing what he really wants exactly. to do. So that's very good news. Yep. And just to finish it off, I just have to re reiterate when I watched that video, Cinder. So actually, people were telling right. me that they heard something pop, and in the video you can hear it. Mm -hmm. It pops. Oh, Jesus! And Christ. it's one of those like videos where I I, I have a. Even though my stomach is pretty weak with with like food and whatnot, it's not mm -hmm. weak when it comes to like you know gory stuff or like fucked right. up stuff. I had to look away, like as I saw it break. Oh, it, I thought it was... you were gonna say because I'm not weak. I played it on replay and I did it slow mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite. I only watched no. it once, and whew, that was enough. That was bad. Okay, if you again, we have audio listeners here. If you were to describe the pop sound, what would it remind you of? Was it like a popcorn? Like that. A pop no. So a, a bottle, a bottle being opened. No, it's not a good. It's between a bottle and something breaking. Okay. It's a more aggressive bottle opening. Imagine some... Right. Imagine me, after this uh, month break of not having any soda, opening a can, or opening a bottle of Coke, finally. That's the right. sound. Right, a bottle, of, not it, a can, a bottle. Yeah. So if you... Like imagine you open a bottle of soda with a champagne saber. That's the sound. Wow, that's that's a great one. Sure. Okay. Let's go with that. Cool, good. All right, yeah. I mean, moving I'm on. Just, I've never heard it. I've never seen it happen before, so... I genuinely have no idea what it sounds like. I haven't seen well, the clip. You haven't seen. I mean, you can just Google any arm wrestling clip. I'm sure you can find something. <laughs> I've heard that there's a lot of them, which I wasn't aware of. But it is what it is. So just Google Dota Two Black Mistake. <laughs> no, that that might not come up with good results, actually. So okay, Adderall, Cinderin. Right. Let's speak. Okay, great transition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Adderall, my friend. So Arsart. Uh, I believe this was on stream. I was actually looking for the the uh, the tweets, but they're in Russian, so I can't didn't really decipher them. But essentially, Arsart accused OG of taking Adderall. Uh, I think he blamed actually the psychologist, which we'll talk about in a second as well, uh, and then ends up apologizing because he doesn't have any actual proof of it. Right. What do you think of this situation? It was kind of weird. I think there's like two things to talk about here. The first one is the accusation itself. I feel like when you accuse people of something serious, you need to have some sort of proof or something that you can present. If not, you're just defaming people, right? It's like, it's like if somebody randomly just starts tweeting, Sundaran is cheating on his girlfriend, you know? And then it just makes me look fucking bad, whether it's right or wrong, and he has nothing to back it up with. And that's just shit. You know, it's just mm -hmm. a shit situation for him for just making it up or not having any proof. And for me to being put on the spot and for my girlfriend who is then in that awkward situation, right? Just as an example. Um, so with this Adderall thing, this is a professional field. The expectation is that um, the pro players play a fair game in the spirit of good sportsmanship and using performance enhancing drug is, in any sport is, you know, cheating. So accusing someone of, of this is like accusing them of cheating basically to win because... Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Adderall is only really allowed for people that have a prescription. So if you need it to function because you have ADHD or uh, a version of that, then obviously, of course, it should be allowed. It's also allowed in, uh, for example, the NFL or whatever. If you have, uh, yeah, if it's needed, you can get it prescribed and they can use it. Right. Um, so accusing someone of this is super bad. Um, then the other thing about this in general is like the whole how what kind of light it puts this the scene in and the like the authenticity of esports as a whole with like speculations are people cheating you know it's been a huge scandal in especially bike sports over the years with doping and stuff uh which just makes the sport look bad so when you when a big personality like Arsart who's one of the biggest russian analysts makes statements like this it just there's just nothing good about it it makes the game look bad. It makes the players look bad. It makes him look bad. Mm-hmm. And if you have no proof, like, what was the point? Right. If you wanted to start a discussion about it, that's fine. You can do that in a different way. You can, you know, ease people into the subject and start talking about the possibility that this might be a thing that's happening or whatnot. But you just, <clears throat> it kind of sounded, from what I've gathered, a lot of the CIS analysts didn't think OG, quote unquote, deserved to win because they weren't good all year. I mean, that's sports. Sometimes you're good, sometimes you're not. If you're peaking at the perfect time, that takes absolutely nothing away from your accomplishment. It sounds like they really figured out tournament. how to play yeah. TI. That's what they figured exactly. out. Exactly. And that is a huge skill in itself. And if you suck all year and you can win TI, I think everybody in Dota would trade their year away for that. Yes. They would absolutely take it. I think any pro player in Dota right now would literally take last place at every event or not even go to win TI. Easily. So, not even close. Uh, you know, like, I, I just, I don't really, yeah, I don't really get it. Maybe they're bitter because their home team, Virtus Pro, sucks at TI and is super good during the year. Um, and that's obviously a huge shame, but that doesn't really, you know, how do I explain this? Let's imagine Liquid won instead. I don't know if the statement would have been there because they consider Liquid more, maybe they consider Liquid more deserving winners because they have a stronger history in the last two years of doing well mm. at LANs. Uh, but if you go back far enough, OG, some of their players have huge accomplishments in history. Notel's won four majors, is it? Yep. Sep has coached for, I think, three of them, maybe. Um, JRX has won two of them. Ana has won three two. of them, I think, or whatever. Two, two majors, well. yeah. two TIs. Yeah. I mean, these players are super proven, so I, I don't I don't get what it's all about. So, yeah, it's just a really shit situation. That's so you think it was more of a and, salty uh, backlash, essentially, and not... Maybe it could have been something that he just know. heard, that he's just, it's like a rumor mongering type thing, being the gossip, if you will. Maybe, no actual but it's proof. like any, exactly anyone who has an ulterior motive can start that, right? Yeah. So if there's, if you just hear it from somebody who hears it from somebody, like what's the legitimacy? So like that could, I, I could fucking come up with that on the spot and just say it like, let's, absolutely not. Let's talk know? about Adderall just briefly. So you do consider it like fully cheating. Um, Because what it's supposed to do is for people with ADHD or ADD is to help them focus, right? Right. And if a normal person takes it, what happens? They just become more focused? Um, It really varies. That's the other thing about this thing. I think there's a lot of misconception floating around about Adderall and how it works. Uh, A lot of people just seem to think of it as this like wonder drug that if you're not, if you don't have ADHD and you take Adderall, you're just like more focused, you're faster, you have better reactions, you have better communication, like it would just make everything better. But this works really differently on different people. Not everybody has the positive effects and the positive effects vary too. 
So it's not like just a straight up, this is just making you better or worse. Uh, and arguably, up, uh... when you think about it, that's also, you know, if it's good for some people and bad for others, in a way, it's an even more unfair advantage, right? Because mm-hmm. you're just lucky to be the person that has the positive effects out of it rather than the negative ones. Okay, here, here's uh, a random question, I, not to mm-hmm. go off on a tangent center. You, have you ever seen the, the movie Limitless or the show? It's about uh, no. I think I've heard of it though. All right, the loose. It obviously is not exactly. Essentially, it's about a pill that just makes you hell of a lot smarter. Like it amplifies mm-hmm. everything. What right. if? What if that pill was available with zero downsides? Anyone can take it. Do you think everyone would take it? Do you think it would just be end up being a requirement that everyone takes this pill? So if everyone's fucking smart? smarter. Yeah, like everyone, no downsides. Do you I think it would be enforced? I don't know why I just thought of this. I just find it fascinating. I don't think it's in the interest of everybody <laughs> that really? that would happen, right? You don't think it's yeah. in the interest of everybody? A lot of people that are in positions of power are in positions of power because the population that they're governing aren't necessarily very intelligent and realizing what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's pretty dark and maybe cynical to think of it that way, but I think it's, oh, it's pretty true, real right? when you think about yeah. it, right? Yeah, like a lot of people vote against their own interests or don't exactly understand what's going on. So if everybody was smarter, those people would definitely not want it, right? Because they mm-hmm. would lose their power. Um, All right, yeah, let's. I don't, let's. I don't. Uh, that's a very interesting <laughs> side. No, I. Yeah, that was a side. That was a little tangent. Okay, so okay. let's talk about OG psychologist uh, Mia. Oh, before that, let me just finish off this because oh, okay. I think we didn't talk enough about how this works for people that need it. So. People that have ADHD, I'm not an expert. I don't have it. I don't have anyone in my family that has you it. You sure you I've, don't have you know, it, Sindarin? I'm pretty convinced. I'm okay. maybe a mild case. You never know. Like, it's a spectrum, right? But mm-hmm. um, you get basically people with ADHD. Uh, I, I don't want to go too much into detail because I don't want to say anything that's wrong. But, you know, they have like different. Yeah, that was the classic Sindarin preface right there, by the way. Um, they Typical. have. They can have trouble focusing or sitting still or, you know, being able to be in the zone for something for a long time. And it basically allows them to, I I don't know how to explain this, like how you imagine it. It's just this inability to concentrate really on something for extended periods of time, which is like for something like Dota is super necessary, right? Or if you're studying or whatever. Um, So what what the prescription does is it helps them calm down all of this all of these separate factors and just focus on the target at hand or the subject. Um, Isn't so the that's issue... how it, that's how it is supposed to work for people that actually need the prescription. That's what it does for them. Yeah, it just that... helps them with their everyday life, just living normally. I don't basically. know if it was like this for you guys, but in the U.S., uh, when I was growing up, there were a lot of doctors just throwing like Ritalin, I believe Ritalin's similar to Adderall and Adderall just around left, right, and center as if everyone has ADD. Like every kid was getting diagnosed with ADD essentially. Right. That's an exaggeration, but... I've uh, seen a documentary on this on Netflix actually. That was oh, a really so good probably, documentary about it. You probably know more than me then. But mm-hmm. would you say that has anything to do with the conception, like the misconceptions perhaps behind like, you don't really need it. It's just one of those things that anybody can take. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think it's, largely it's it was because... There was a phase of like a couple of decades where this Adderall medicine was just c- kind of considered a wonder drug. Like it was considered to not have any major side effects or downsides to it. So it was very easy to describe prescribe to people because the industry was booming. It made fuckloads of money in the U.S. especially. And nobody really complained because they just felt like it was good. But the side effects are there, especially for people that don't need it, right? 
So mm-hmm. I just think they were way too trigger happy with putting people on this drug and it would call them down. They'd be like, there you go, problem fixed. But the fact of the matter is it's a, it's a type of meth, right? So it, long-term effects, and if you use this all the time on people that aren't supposed to have it, it's probably something bad going to happen at some point. And the question is when you come crashing down, right? Short-term, yeah, it might look great, as many drugs do, but Cinderin, you always need to be very careful with how you let's use all, it. Yeah. Let's just make a team and we all take Adderall. We'll win TI. That's very interesting perspective. I have the mechanics necessary. <laughs> All right, I'm sure. so moving on. I've seen you, I've seen you play. <laughs> I know. It's unfortunate. Um, no drug can save you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about OG's psychologist, Mia. Is it Mia or Maya? I don't know. Stelberg. She was <laughs> also a psychologist for Astralis. What do you think of this yes, idea correct. of... I don't know how many teams actually have psychologists, but... Life coach, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I know a lot of teams have that, maybe to maybe not to the same degree. What do you think of the idea of having a, a, a team psychologist to just keep everybody together? I think it is super useful. And, and how many I teams use whole, it, Sindarin? Do you know? Not very many. And I think it's because you need to, like from organization's perspective or from team's perspective, you need to assess if you feel like it's worth the cost. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you get to the top level of Dota, this is the kind of thing that's worth paying for um, because Dota at the highest level is extremely mental. It's not just about being focused in the game, having good drafts. It's about really trusting your teammates, playing off each other well, resolving conflict so that everybody goes into the game feeling good, feeling ready, feeling like they want to you know, draw on each other as much as possible to get the victory because Dota is a game where everybody needs to draw on everybody to win when you're at that level. If one player has a terrible game or isn't communicating or isn't trying, you're going to lose, even if the other four play amazing Dota at that level. Everybody needs to be in the game. And it's just, I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Like, Astralis had this insane streak while she was the psychologist, and now OG decided we're going into TI. It hasn't been the greatest year. They get the psychologist on board, and they win again. Like it, The track record is kind of crazy. I know it's a small sample size, but it's a pretty significant one regardless, right? Like, yeah. It it just seems like it can't really be a coincidence. She hasn't been working with teams that just sucked, right? <laughs> At least, well, maybe the stories just didn't get told then. That is possible. But as far as I'm aware, those are the two orcs she has worked with. And it's been great results. And it, to me, it makes total sense. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. I'm expecting this to become more of a thing going forward. I'm actually surprised this I wasn't so a, more of a thing earlier because this is very standard in traditional sports. Exactly. I mean, and it is for a reason with, there too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously some differences, but... Like in the NBA, as an example, since I love bringing that up, uh, players have huge egos, and there's a reason for that. You, The level of play is so high that you have to just be the most cocky pile of shit ever, for the most part. You have to think mm. you are the best all the time in order to get where you need to, to go. In addition to that, you're working with other people that are exactly like you. You need right. a psychologist for these teams. There's way too much ego to work with. Dota, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're on the same level as NBA. There's no way that's true. Because it's, it's how many years of Dota 2? Like eight? So you can't compare it? Nine, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, eight. still, there's there's a lot to be said for having somebody that can actually bring people together. Because we talked about this time and time again with people that have placed very high at TI. A lot of it's momentum-based. And what does that mean? That's literally how your mood is. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's confident. Confidence is key in this game. And yeah, you yep. have to have the mechanical skill. But you could argue that 90% of the players at TI have comparable mechanical skill. 
to each uh, other. I agree. I agree. It just comes down to communication, comes down to your motivation to get better and working with your team with chemistry. So having a psychologist helps with pretty much all of that. Yep. Okay. Uh, a couple other things that happen in the world of dotes. A fan, <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, I saw this. This a is a fan funny. sent uh, Wickram a message asking if it's okay if he uses like one of his TI winning pictures of OG for something. And Wick's like, of course. And this guy apparently makes a billboard in the Philippines. What do you think about that? That's so cool. That is so I cool. Think that's super, I think it's super funny. Can you imagine uh, your face on a billboard in another country, Sindarin? Do they actually, they don't need to give permission, right? Do they? Like, I don't know what the laws are. Like in the US, for example, if you were to put up a billboard with OG fucking 1TI, let's go, and you put all their faces on, do they need to approve it? Well, because their faces to, are on the billboard? You'd have to approve the fuck part for sure, but uh, I'm well, not sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's a good question. I, if it's like in the Philippines, nobody's going to give a shit, right? In a lot of countries, they're not, 90% of the countries mm-hmm. are not going to care. Um, but, well, I mean, yeah, the people I might care. I, no, I, I mean, don't know. I, I think OG think it's cool and great and super. No, what I'm saying is they would never right, enforce but... anything in the Philippines. Like if OG right, didn't okay. like it, there's no way anything would happen. But in the US, maybe I could see it. Okay. I mean, I I think it's really funny and cool, <clears throat> and it's a great way of celebrate celebrating your favorite team, right? Yeah. Uh, probably also an expensive way of celebrating your favorite team, but you know. Yeah, I don't know how much billboards are, but it can't be super cheap. That's for sure. Okay. And then the last thing, which I want to talk a little bit about, uh, there was a thread about Base Hunter perhaps being invited to TI-10 in Sweden. Now, for people that don't know who Base Hunter is, and first and foremost, Sindarin, before I say anything, I actually tried to get him to come to Captain's Draft. I never told this. It's not much of a story. I looked Mm -hmm. into it, and it turned out he was... Like, we never actually got in contact, but I just heard through other people that he asks for a lot of money. So it just never happened. But I always wonder, like, why has Base Hunter never been invited to an, a TI? And of course, um, to explain before we continue, Sinner, for people that have no mm-hmm. idea who Base Hunter is, this is a guy that I guess he's a, a songwriter, singer. Is he in a band, I guess, technically, some sort of a group? I don't know the exact mm, yeah, details these days. Sure. But he. Mm-hmm became known within the Dota community for a song, which you can Google on YouTube, called... Uh, what is it called? It's called actually, Dota. I think that's the actual Dota, name of the yeah. song. You guys have heard that before? Yeah, that's uh, the Bass Hunter song. So, We're sitting here in Ventrilo playing Ventrilo. Dota. Yes, I was thinking Ventrilo. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you get an idea of when the, game, when the song's from. So 2006, so it's yeah. 13 years old. It's for Dota 1, but of course it caught on. And yeah. it's, I don't know if it's one of his most famous, I have no idea. But why has this guy never been invited to a TI syndrome? Isn't that crazy to think about? Um, so supposedly, I'm not sure when this happened, but he started working with Riot. Um, and I working don't know with. when that was. Yeah, he did something for Riot. I don't know if he wrote songs or whatever it was, but he has definitely been affiliated with Riot in some capacity. And I seem to remember when League of Legends came out, or maybe it was Han, but he didn't stay with dota you know like many other people did at least not to the same extent he like did other content and i I personally don't have a problem with that like people are going to explore options if they get a great opportunity i mean why not right but it probably disconnects you a little bit from dota um there are a couple of possibilities why he hasn't been invited to ti perhaps uh, they've 
perhaps Valve feels like he doesn't fit the vibe of TI being a little bit mm-hmm. more like the whole atmosphere of it. But then they got Dead Mouse, and at that point, it's like <laughs> they could have probably got Base Hunter for that too. Yeah, and maybe they tried. Maybe he couldn't go. Maybe he had other commitment. You never know, right? Like could've, they could have tried to get him. He couldn't go, and then they got Dead Mouse, or they were yeah. like, you also have to remember. From um from a profiling perspective, Bass Hunter is really big in the Dota community because of the song called Dota and the history there with all the older people, uh, older players. But if you want it to be like a marketing event that makes headlines, Bass Hunter is not a big name really outside of, of Dota to the same extent. Like Dead Mouse is a way bigger name to have at your event, oh, yeah. right? If you mm-hmm. wanna if you wanna profile it. So you need to like consider like the pros and cons of that. Your community is going to fucking love that Bass Hunter is there um, doing his famous song for Dota, but people outside of Dota won't care that Bass Hunter was there because uh, they don't know who he is <clears throat> to the <throat> same extent as Dead Mouse, right? So, yeah. yeah we actually so, had an after party with Darude. I think that was one of the TIs as well. It was. The guy who I made was Sandstorm. TI4, right? I was there. Yeah. Or TI5, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, one of them. Um, yeah. But the reason it makes more sense for him to be invited to the next TI is because it's in Sweden. He's Swedish. Absolutely. So it's yeah. like it's everything just feels like it's aligning. It's TI 10. Like everything feels like it's just perfect. So I'm hoping that they end up uh, doing that. But I do have to mention that uh, in some of the comments for that thread, we saw a lot of people calling him a traitor for working. <laughs> like I didn't know how closely he worked with Riot. I didn't know it was like an official capacity. I just thought he did like a song for them or something. I don't know. It, I don't it might really be all he did. I, I don't know it either. I, like I, I know he played. He definitely played League more than yep. Dota 2. That's for sure. Absolutely. But he's an OG yeah. guy, like original, that is, not actual OG. And I don't I don't understand this whole idea of just hating on people to that degree for playing other games anyway. Like so for the, me go ahead. Yeah, the whole trader mentality in Dota goes back to so the way League was started, right? Was that Pendragon was one of the guys Pendragon. Wow, I've never, or, I've never heard that pronunciation before. Do you call him Pendragon? Yeah, uh, we can call him Pendragon. I don't know. I just I don't <laughs> know why. It's, it's just Pendragon. I like that. Like, That's weird. It okay. Sounds like a kind of like hexagon, you know? Pendragon. Know. Hmm. Let's call him Pendragon if you like. Uh, okay. Basically, he ran the Play Dota page, which was the biggest hub for all Dota related stuff for many years, uh, and it was also where the patches came out, and it was the one that Ice Frog was also uh, working very closely with. And at some point, he packed that site up and left. Basically Mm -hmm. shut it down and started working with Riot. So people were really sour because this drama would have never been there to the extent that it was if he would have just handed it over to someone else and been like, guys, I'm going to work on another game. Best of luck with your community. Ice Frog is taking over from here or whatever. You know, If he would have done that, it would be fine. But people are super bitter because he kind of, for the sake of competition and benefiting League, shut down that page. And mm-hmm. then League of Legends started actively, aggressively marketing their game as not Dota. I remember this ad where uh, they presented League as the version of Dota that did not have lag and levers and shit. Like, just started kind of smearing Dota in their ad campaigns. Mm. Uh, and that that leaves people with a bitter taste in their mouth, right? And that's why this whole... I think, honestly, it's because of him that the whole trader mentality even started. I don't think the Dota community would care nearly as much about people playing League if it wasn't like associated with what Pendragon did, people just feel like, you know, oh, if you go to League away from Dota, you're joining Pendragon and he's literal Satan. You All know? right. I'm actually going to disagree uh, so. with you on this, Cinderin. Okay. Even though that's, 
very unusual. <laughs> Not really. I agree with like the idea that you're talking about, but mm-hmm. I would venture out to say that. 80% of people that play Dota have even more have no idea who Pendragon is at this point. I think that's Oh, they don't need to. News. But the whole how to say, I, it's not about needing to know who he is, it's about the idea fostering in the community that playing League is traitorship, right? right. That's what but I mean. You could say that for that. here's the thing. That's the reason that is is because it's the main competition of Dota. When Han was sure. around, it was the it was just as toxic. Was now it, Han's though? dead. Yes, it was just when people, Were people from Han people came traitors over. Traitors from playing Han. Well, it's a little bit different. Like No Tail switched from Han to Dota. They're called Han Trash. There's a reason it's called Han. Like it was actually pretty toxic. I don't know. I I kind of felt like early honestly, on. my read on that was that it was more playful than the league thing. I feel like Han Trash is not nearly as hostile as calling well, somebody a fucking traitor for playing okay. another game. I mean, I maybe know. it's not as bad, but again, like Han Trash now is almost a term of endearment. But back then it was not. I remember vividly okay. that it was definitely so not. So people were like genuinely upset yes. at people for playing Han instead of Yes. Dota. I, mean, exactly. I, could, I could be very wrong on that. My perspective so, is different. I never played Han. So. Like, here's the thing. I, I can't understand why you would hate people that play another mm-hmm. game just in general. It doesn't matter what game it is. I can understand right. hating Riot. I hate Riot. I think <laughs> they're a garbage-ass company. The things that they do are very... Uh, Regime-like, let's say. Your access to teamfight tactics has been revoked. Yes, thank God for that. Like, I will <laughs> never play a Riot game because that company is absolute pile, right? Doesn't mean I hate the players. Like, I right. even I'm mind-boggled that people like League of Legends. I don't understand why. I think this this is gonna maybe offend some people. I think the same way about Minecraft. I don't understand why people play. It doesn't mean I hate them. It's just I don't get mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah, it's just not my fine. type. You like different thing. games. I do. I don't All understand right. why people like basketball. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, that is the Dota news of the week, guys. So let's move on to our next favorite game, Cinderin. Dota Underlords. Are you excited? Have you been playing? Sure. I have actually not played this update. I played a lot of Underlords at TI. A lot, actually. I played it pretty much every day i think uh mm-hmm. for the most part at least i played a couple of games but since this came out i did not because i have mainly been playing when i haven't been playing dota i've been playing uh, classic wow we've talked about that last episode You've that been it enjoying yourself? i was super excited for it i love it man it's mm. like there was like i talked about last time there was a skepticism about oh is it just going to be nostalgia or whatever it's just a good game like the game is just enjoyable well designed and fun to play and it still is now that I've played it for many hours since it came out already, I can say, again, I can stand by my statement. It's, for me, it's one of the three best games of all time wow. uh, that I've played. It's just it's what was just your incredible rank experience. Again? But it's not for everybody. What's that? What was your rank again in no particular order? Warcraft? Or not Warcraft like 3, Dota 2, and WoW. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. And then I think okay. for me, Counter-Strike is also somewhere in the top five. Um, mm-hmm. That's up there. I also Very loved cool. playing that game. But yeah. We it's an amazing game. Sometimes I now. love it. Oh yeah, we could play CS at some point. I'm terrible, so I know that's why it makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) You would care the fuck out of me. (laughs) All right, so Dota Underlords came out with a pretty big patch. I'm not going to lie; for a couple weeks, I I wouldn't say I didn't play, but I wasn't paying as much attention to it because I was focusing on Jungle Jam and whatnot. And one thing that I was a bit annoyed with, and usually I love these updates that change a lot because it just makes it very interesting. But I feel like they were doing a little bit too often. Of course, it is in beta, so I do understand that. But the one thing that was bothering me was the odds. They kept changing. Like, 
in a matter mm-hmm. of two weeks, they changed like the percentages of what level you get, what units, and I don't even remember anymore at that point. It's just right. too much information. So finally, they came out with a change that makes it easier for me at least. The odds were changed for the fourth time, like we said, for legendaries, which are now called aces. Uh, basically can find them easier at level 8 to 10. So when we basically first mm-hmm. started playing, it's essentially, it might be a little different, but basically the same odds as before. So it's okay. back to original. <laughs> it's like come full no. circle at this point. Um, they got rid of all the nine tier uh, alliances. So assassin, yep. elusive, and warrior. And the, it's just three and six. And as a result, they buffed most of them at level one and two for those tiers, which is great because nine warriors was garbage. Nine assassins was right. garbage. Nine elusives was amazing for two weeks and then garbage the rest of the time. So... I'm very happy about that. And on top of that, it wasn't really a very enjoyable concept, I think. Yeah. Elusives I, were kind of... Yeah. yeah, elusives in like general. Like the second, second dumbest concept after knights. What? What's wrong with knights? I love knights. Uh, that's boring. That's not boring. Do you fucking that think Dragon boring. Knight is boring? No, he's, he's a cool. beast. Exactly. He's cool, but then coincidentally, he's a knight. It's more like that. It's not he's cool because he's a knight. He's cool despite being a knight. I mean, can you play knights without Dragon Knight? No, he's part of the comp. That's just how it is. I mean, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Shaman now requires two heroes instead of three, which is great. Um, and then for, <laughs> this is the funny thing. For two days, the units had a 10% chance of being turned into a chicken when attacking a Shaman, down from 17%. Then they changed it again yesterday, <laughs> Cinderin. Units now have a 17% chance of being turned into a chicken when attacking a Shaman. Right. <laughs> I guess they very quickly that. that's the thing about this game is when they have this in comparison to something like Dota I think rebalancing things is a lot easier because you get lots of data really fast about win rates and impact of units and then you can quickly see even after two days okay this is too bad so kind of think yeah, of it as I'm a not, fix I'm not telling really. the whole story because there were a lot of other changes that were in conjunction to that but I'm just saying what happened uh, and what the results are right now. So we'll get to, once we're through the whole list, you'll understand. So one big change is tier five heroes, like I said, are called aces. What do you think of that name? Ace. Got an ace. Do you Um, like it? Tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, ace. Yeah, so what I'm thinking when I hear that is I think of a deck of cards, right? I guess, obviously. But the other units aren't really named like deck of cards. And it's, inspired by chess so maybe they should have been called regal Ooh, regal okay you don't like that i mean i don't really like it they could have just called it king but they just wanted it better they wanted they aren't all male so it's a king can be yeah i guess you're no it can't (laughs) it actually just can't (laughs) i guess that's kind of true all right so I personally like it. It's fine. Um, this is the cool thing about ace heroes now, friend. Oh, somebody's saying royals in chat. What do you Ooh, think that's that? yeah, that's really good. royal hero. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. nice. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so when you get one of these ace heroes now, it's very obvious they're all flamey and whatnot. It has an ace effect, as they call it, that's enabled when you have at least one level of any of the associated alliance. So, for example, right. when you have like two warlocks and you find disruptor which is now an ace spoiler Mm -hmm. that counts towards this new buff that you get which we'll go through each one independently you can talk about what you think 
because I've had some experience with some of them and they're very interesting. Uh, one other thing, when one level is activated of an alliance, there's a 15% increased chance to find an ace unit of that alliance. So for example, if you want Troll Warlord for the Troll Alliance, you need, like, let's say Witch Doctor's already there. You can mm -hmm. theoretically hold on to Shadow Shaman. I'm not sure if you need him on your bench only or if you have to put him in play temporarily, but either way... You need the alliance to be in effect, I think. Yeah, that's, that's my understanding as well. But you keep the third troll on your bench. That's how I understand it. Well, you can have the second troll in play and just roll and then take him out before you want to play. So that's why I'm saying like Shadow right. Shaman's a great unit yes, to do that for. I think so. so I think it's an interesting it way. So let's talk about the heroes that were changed in, in consequence. Oh, of hang on, before we go there. The 15% yes. chance, is that 15 percentage? It's relative, right? Relative, so yes. So if you had 10% chance of finding a troll, you now have 115 I right? think so. Not 25 that's, among that's the five-star units. That's my understanding. Good. Okay. I'm not 100% sure about that one, though. Uh, okay. So Bloodseeker, instead of just a human assassin, is now a human Deadeye assassin. So that makes Gyrocopter, uh, Sniper, and now Bloodseeker, which is really cool because you want to be attacking these low HP targets to, to heal up again. So I feel like Bloodseeker might actually be useful now. I haven't played, like I said, since it came out, but this was one of my least favorite units in the game. I thought it yeah, was almost he's... always garbage, and I would only use it with Fall From Grace. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's okay. It depends on what items you get. He's still item-dependent. It's not really a unit that you're going to keep late game most of the time, but if you mm -hmm. really want the Deadeye for some reason, then it yeah. could be good. Who else is Deadeye? It's only Sniper and Gyro still, right? Yep, that's it. Okay. Uh, Sniper Disruptor. is Scrappy. Uh, it's still it's a bit awkward maybe to make it work but you know so disruptor instead of being a brawny wait what was he a brawny shaman was warlock. A brawny shaman they got rid of one shaman which yes. is him so he's a brawny yeah. warlock now and his ace effect because he is now an ace unit he was upped from a four tier four unit his ace effect is the Warlock Alliance effect now applies to two units in addition to the warlock itself instead of just one so essentially when you have the Warlock Alliance activated, let's just say with two heroes normally, uh, when the Warlock casts a spell, it'll basically heal a unit that's the lowest HP. It'll kind of make a bond between you two, right? right. So when you have Disruptor, it basically amplifies all of that to an extra unit. It's really powerful. This unit is, is the extra unit the good. second lowest health or a random one? Uh, not 100% sure about that one, but I assume okay. it's the second lowest HP. I would think so too. Okay. So Enigma also changed a bit. Uh, for two days, it was the Shaman Ace effect, which extended the effects of the Shadow Shaman Alliance to, or the Shaman Alliance to your entire army. So for two days, it was super OP to get Shamans with Enigma because your entire army would turn people to chicken, to chickens. This is why I read the first change originally. So right. it was very OP. So they changed it again to an old thing that they had in the game for a week. I know it's getting very complicated, by the way. Now, mm -hmm. when you have Enigma, the ace effect is enemies affected by hexes, silences, or stuns will generate minus 200% mana, which when Isn't that was, the... that used to be the old uh, shaman just in general, right. their alliance, which was very underwhelming at the time. But the difference is you only need two heroes now for shaman, so it could be better. So Three now is... when you have the shaman ace and another shaman, you have 17% chicken chance and minus 200% mana regen. The, right. The 17% chicken chance is only for he, things that are attacking shamans. Though. Shamans. Yes. That's the difference. Now. Yeah. So interesting change yeah. there. Okay. 
uh, gyrocopter, Deadeye, Ace Effect. His Deadeye or Deadeyes get True Strike. So when gyrocopter's in there with another, pretty bad. It's it's probably the weakest one. It's uh, maybe only the good against elusives, right? It doesn't matter for literally anything else. But there, no, that's correct. I mean, in the future there might be like butterfly and stuff like that. So who knows? Right. Okay. Uh, Lich is also an ace unit, of course. Has a mage ace effect. Your army's mana regeneration from attacks is increased 10% per mage alliance level. So you can only get this up to Ooh. 20%, which is not great. Okay. It's still, the concept of it sounds cool. Like, if it, the numbers are I good, agree. it's something else. But it sounds pretty... Like, no, you I could agree. make some cool strategies with this, I think. Yeah, so just to give you an idea, like, Brooch of the Aggressor is 100% mana. So that one item gives right. you 100% mana. This is up mm-hmm. to 20%. So it's... Eh. Eh. Yeah. But I do like. But the, the other idea, thing is, mages might still be powerful even if they didn't have it. So you need to be careful with not buffing that alliance too hard. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's always tricky with this. Like, if the alliance itself has inherently, like, the inherent power of the minus resistance is super strong. So if the ace was also strong, mage would just be insane. I think. Mm. But Medusa, she gets the scaled ace effect. So some love for scaled units. It grants scaled units retaliate, which is an old global item, which. In essence, per alliance level will deal 25 damage a second to heroes that are attacking uh, a scaled unit. And she was also nerfed. Her stone gaze and her general range went down from 4 to 3, which is pretty big. So this is I, yeah, not great. So the old Retaliate, if you remember when it originally came out, Cinderin, mm-hmm. it was 80 damage a second. So you can only get this up to 50% if you get tier 2 of scaled. So a little underwhelming. Right. And scaled uh, is not really something you go for. Well, sometimes you get three scaled, like do you or two scaled, right? It's two and four, right? You, do yes. you ever go for four scaled? Like, do they have synergy with each other? I don't even remember. Rarely, no. It's not. It's, it's Tidehunter, Medusa, Slardar. Slark, and Slardar. It's like they're from four different branches, right? It's well, one Slardar assassin, one warrior, is two warriors. So True, nice. it's two warriors, and then an assassin and a hunter. That's yeah, kind of awkward. It is. Right. Uh, tech. This one is probably the coolest change in the patch for me. Techies is an ace again. Uh, Inventor Mm -hmm. ace effect is grants inventor units chain reaction. So what this does is the enemies that are killed when you explode from unstable reactor will also blow up as if they had unstable reactor. So it's like boom, 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 boom. You see like huge explosions in these fights, which sounded cool and I thought it might not be that good. It's actually that good. It's really good. I don't know if I conceptually like this because... So when it comes to these fights, inherently fights in Underlords have a lot of, like, there's a lot of randomness. Do units hit the right target? Do they cast their spells properly? You know, all this kind of stuff that just varies. If the same battle, if the same board fights each other 10 times, you can't predict the outcome. Like, a lot of the time it will vary what ends up happening. This, to me, seems super RNG because either you get this chain reaction and you just win or it's useless. It's like most other things here have some sort of reliable effect. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like when you look at all of the other ones we've talked about, you you know what you're gonna get and how it's I think gonna work. The reason for that is because just... scrappies are pretty strong right now. Because remember, snipers are scrappy now. That means mm-hmm. seven of them. That means you don't need techies to have six, which is really strong. And if you well, find techies, it amplifies inventor, everything, right? It's right. Inventor. I'm just oh well, yeah, so. but scrappy inventors go together, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Inventors right. are just part of like they're almost one and the same for the most part. Mm-hmm. You just, that's what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Out of all of these so far, I've actually, I've liked all of them, but this one, the concept, I'm not that big of a fan of for that reason. I don't know about the concept. Do you you agree with that? Like, have you tried playing it? 
Yes, I've tried it a lot. It's do, really fun. Do, do you find like big variants? To me, when I look at this, it sounds like something that's going to have huge variants. Like in one fight, you're going to win with losing three units, and the next one you're just going to lose to the same board. I don't and think it's, it's all as, about when your units die. It's not as drastic as you think. Okay. It's, I mean, it's speculation. I haven't tried it, but like the concept to me doesn't sound that good. Okay, fair enough. Anyway. And then the last ace unit that was changed, uh, Troll Warlord. First of all, his attack range was, there was some miscommunication with the patch notes, but he was actually nerfed. So 1.0 right. attack rate it has become a 0.77, so that's a pretty sizable nerf. Uh, his troll ace effect is grants your units with mini bash. So for each level of the troll alliance, there's two, you get a 5% chance for all your units to stun for 0.25 seconds. So it could be 10% chance for 0.25 seconds right. if you have four trolls. Pretty mad. Um, how many units are channeling in this game? What do you mean? Coddle? Oh, Coddle, and that's it, I think. That's the only channeling spell in the game. I think so. Because that's what this stuff is good against, is if it could break channeling. I mean, it, stuns, that's, it what it, that's why it's it good at Dota. It stops them attacking temporarily. It prevents damage yes. in that way. Like, but that's the big play, right? Would be mini stunning a Coddle who's charging Illuminate, and then you win the fight off that or whatever. Right. But Usually not... you'll win before Coddle gets it off anyway because he's garbage. But that's Shadow Fiend. Chat's saying Shadow Fiend. Oh, it's pretty true. good against Shadow Fiend. Yeah, Shadow Fiend, Windrunner. Windrunner, Power Shot. Either way, that, this, uh, I think that's countering a Power case. Shot's not that important, but countering, countering Assassinate is really good. Um, yeah. Wait, Either way, I. They, yeah, okay. I think this is very underwhelming. I think this is going to get buffed because for for me, trolls just feel super underwhelming versus auto chest. They've always felt underwhelming. Just not good. Mm -hmm. Like going for trolls doesn't win you games at all. And it right. should. It should be really powerful because you have two garbage units, Batrider and Shadow Shaman. Wish Doctor's great. Right. Troll's amazing. So it should mm -hmm. be stronger than this. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that one. Right. I think it'll get buffed. Anyway, uh, and then the final thing of this update... Cinderin, they added contraption items, which you said you have not tried these. They're hilarious. They're placeable right. items that behave like normal units, but do not count towards your cap. So, for example, a tier two item called Barricade was added. It has 400 HP and 20 armor. It comes with two barricades, and you can place them to block enemies and ranged attacks, and they're immune to spells. What do you think of this? So, you're selecting this instead of another tier two drop. Yes. Right? Okay. They just appear on your board, so they're um, always on your board for the rest of the game. You can't unequip them or anything like that. And you can't change their placement? You can change, yeah, you can put them anywhere you want. Okay. Uh, I love the idea of this. Uh, whether the concept themselves are good, I don't know, but the idea of having placeable items on the board I think is super great. And it adds like complexity, one, it adds outplay, it adds strategy. It just makes the game, yeah, it, I think it's good complexity because it's not hard to understand, but using this effectively is really rewarding. I think you're going to feel like, man, I made a really good build this game That's with my point. whatever. Um, I think yeah. it's just, it's great. It's good for gameplay. So this one uh, in practice feels pretty underwhelming. It's pretty good early in certain comps, but it, it's hard to, I haven't quite figured it out in all honesty. I think it's a hard one mm -hmm. to, like the obvious one is getting Arc Warden in a corner. Sure. But it, right. it's hard to actually make it work, I feel like. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing like what pros figure out with that because I think it's going to you... take some time. These barricades, can they turn or can they only face forward? They can't face sideward, right? You can't change their... I mean, it still blocks it, though. It still takes up a whole space. Well, but I mean, you, couldn't, you could imagine you could have your backline, then you could put a barricade that blocks assassins. 
that jump, for example. Yeah. Because then they hit the barricade that. first. You can, so you can't turn. You can't turn them. No, you can't turn oh. them. Okay. It, it, you right, get what not... I'm trying to say here, right? Like the barricades yes. could be 90 degree angle, and I think that would help your backline, but you can't do that. I mean, it, the barricades do help against assassins in general because it blocks okay. regardless of what way they're actually facing because it's only one way they're facing. But you'd need two of them, like two of these item drops to actually like completely block off somebody, which would be interesting. <laughs> Haven't okay. seen that one yet. Uh, the next one is much better. Tier 2 item called Target Buddy. It's like a little Tidehunter plushie. has 1,000 HP and 10 armor, and it taunts enemies and draws fire, and you can equip items on this. This is a really good tier two item what does taunts enemies mean is that permanent or as so spell it casts it's like a spell with no mana cost so at the very beginning it just casts it and then i don't know what the cooldown is x amount of seconds later it'll cast it again if it's still alive so you can equip items like vit booster you know armor whatever if you want to tank it up um it's like a mini okay. axe essentially right it's it's very powerful in the early to mid game i like it a lot mm -hmm. and then late game you can just put it in the back line for assassins, for example, and just waste somebody's yeah. time for a bit. So it's really good. Gotcha. Uh, the next one, Underwhelming. Healing Ward is a tier three item, which is surprising. Has 200 HP. It's just Juggernaut's Healing Ward. Uh, heals friendly units within one cell for 20 HP a second. <clears throat> what do you think of this one? Mm, it sounds good against some comps. Like... Uh... For example, there are some lineups that deal AoE damage over time, like Disruptor. Um, mm. Maybe it can... Like when you Requiem with Shadowfiend, for example, you'd get a lot of enemy heroes down to like half, but you don't kill them. <clears throat> right. So this item is obviously really effective when you're playing against lineup that deals spread damage from the beginning of the fight, because then all of your units have way more effective health in the, in the battle. Um, I think this item theoretically sounds good against knights, because they, they slow Low damage. Kill. Mm -hmm. Right? That's true. Uh, and it sounds bad against mages because they burst kill. But here's the thing, and Swim brought this up on our other podcast. Think about mechanism, which is already considered right. not a great item. It's not terrible, mm -hmm. but it's not great either. Yeah. I forget, is it either 200 or 250 HP? 250, I think. So yeah. 250 HP in a two-cell radius. Mm -hmm. That's already way better than this item. In most battles, yes. Yes, in most battles. Mm -hmm. So this one I can see getting buffed. I agree. In the I, I don't think this is very powerful because of I the like numbers, the idea. But I think it, I think the concept is strong. Yeah, I agree. And you might just need to buff the numbers. And then the last you could thing either added, make it two cell, two cell with twenty HP, or you could make it one cell with more HP. And it's yeah. like higher value for select units. Yep, I agree. Uh, tombstone is the last item added. Is a tier four. It's Undying's tombstone. If you didn't catch that, mm -hmm. two thousand HP, twenty armor. Ally and enemy heroes spawn zombies when they die within two cells of the tombstone. I don't remember the stats, but they're pretty good, actually, of the zombies. This is very they, powerful. How good are they relative to Eidolons? Way better. Way better than Eidolons? Yes. Okay. More damage or more health? At least more health. I'm not sure about the damage. Okay. They're, this is this like item a, sounds extremely good. I don't know. Super, super good. super good for sure. It's a tier four, so it makes sense. Right. Um, it's just it sounds like this is the kind of thing you can build <clears throat> strategies around. Oh, it says heroes. Sorry, I thought it was units. Okay, because if it was units, this sounds like crazy with summoning strats and whatnot. But right. it's only the hero units that spawn zombies. Okay, then it's a bit worse than I thought, but I still think it's great. It's yeah. Still very very good. 
So that is the Dota Underlords update that came out. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying Underlords a lot. The Ace yeah. units in particular, I find it's a really cool strat that, like, they had some issues before with, uh, there was a meta where you just wanted to get legendary units and that's it. That was really boring. Then they came out with the one where you just, you start rolling at a super early level and just get level threes. So now they find kind of a cool, comp like a hybrid of both where you can still go for these three, these three star units and mass or whatever, mm -hmm. or you can just go for this crazy synergy that ends up being applied with these ace units. So, and they I mean, feel the really the strong game in, in the cases. end. Like the game will not really have an end in that sense because I think they're going to be patching it a lot. But the concept should be that there are multiple good ways of playing, so you can rush and win, or you can, you know, tech and win, kind of. Yeah. Um, and if this, I feel like this adds the possibility that both strategies with the right tweaking can be viable. And then it's about identifying if you're going the right path at the right time in the game. And that's awesome. I think what this type of game can easily fall victim to is that there is a defined way of playing that's just objectively better all the time. And mm -hmm. that is obviously better. And that's boring. So I think they're definitely trying to add complexity to make it harder to figure out and to give the players more different strategies so you feel like your choices matter more in what mm -hmm. you're doing. Yep, I agree. So having a lot of fun with that. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about <clears throat> before we get on to... Uh... <laughs> our contest that we had, which I'm not looking <laughs> forward to. I recently broke down Cinderin. Remember mm -hmm. I emailed the Valve trying to get a free Valve index and uh, right. they never responded. I ended up <laughs> buying one. Um, <laughs> it's very expensive. I did try. So I bought a Valve index and I've been having a lot of fun with it with Nikki. And I think what I want to do, I don't want to talk about it in depth right now, but mm -hmm. I want to do a review and make a video okay. out of it. And then we can talk about That's it on cool. a future episode because it's it's such a cool thing. I might even stream it at some point, but it's it's just very, it's a very different experience than just gaming I hope, in general. You know? I hope we can get some really good footage of you like running into a wall or <laughs> falling over. I have not had Smart. that trouble. It's actually really good because it has like this invisible barrier. You can see like these grids so you know what your limit is all the time. Man, why would they implement that? That's like half <laughs> the fun of it is having your friends fall over or run into things. I'm sure somebody got seriously injured in the past, Cinder, and so it's... Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what half the people watch Formula One for. They watch it for the crashes. That's actually tr sad but true. Yeah, all right. that is pretty sad. So actually, you know what? Before we get on to our contest, why don't we get why don't we do one of these community questions? Uh, which is <laughs> you're just question. you're procrastinating <laughs> your de Cinderin, delay tactics. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about it. Right? Uh, okay. I want to ask you a question. What would you tell your younger self, Cinderin? Uh, what younger self? Fifteen or five? Uh, a, a younger self that's receptive and intelligent enough to take your advice. So let's say 15. 15 so like five old. for me and 15 for you. I knew you'd do that. Sure. Oh, you set it up. So. Don't poopy in your pants, Cinderin. <laughs> <laughs> at five. Yeah, you never know. Is that just uh, me? That you still do it. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> let me think. So, hmm, what would be a good piece of advice to tell myself? You've probably thought about this already, so you can go first. I, okay, I'll go I'm first. Sure I actually have not thought about it until like 
about a minute ago, and I do have an okay. answer. I don't know if it's the best answer. If it's not, I can come up with another one at another podcast. So what I would tell my younger self is, number one, be less negative. Even though everyone in my life has been telling me this, I don't know what's so hard about not being negative. It's been very difficult. I, I get, My parents were not negative. My brother is not negative. It's it's weird. Like there's no reason for me. Like the only thing I can think of is we moved here when I was 10 to the U S and it was a very big culture shock and I got made fun of a lot. I got bullied a little bit. Maybe that has something to do with it, but there's no real reason for me to currently be negative. So that would be the number one thing. Number two kind of goes in line with the same thing. Don't hold grudges. Probably. I think Mm -hmm. I definitely hold grudges. If somebody has wronged me in the past, I will like blacklist them privately and I'll like I won't go out of my way to fuck them over or something like that. I'm not like vindictive, but I won't help them if they need help, for example, on something. So it that's one I've been struggling with because there's a lot of people like this is the thing that you learn throughout life. There are people are just different, you know? Like they're sociopaths yes. in the world. Like these are actual it's real life things that I thought were only in movies, you know. Like I didn't think they were in just a movie. <laughs> I just never thought I would associate myself with somebody in that vein, you know. So it's just learning to be <laughs> less I'm reading chat right now. Negative. Rips, Lex, rips I over. <laughs> what? Uh, it's just you're talking about sociopaths and arches is just like oh. rips, Lex, rips I over. <laughs> <laughs> it's just random. Yes. I mean, definitely psychopaths. But no, I, yeah, I think just holding grudges has been maybe a... Maybe a problem. That's interesting. I actually thought you were going to choose something else uh, like as one of your key points. Please give me mine. Say, um, it's probably correct too. I need to find the right wording for this. Please do. Uh, all right. Don't let friends get in the way of your success. So, like the thing you talked about with Counter Strike, that you chose to play with friends mm. over. A yeah. big opportunity because the That's two true. things can go hand in hand and if you try to include your friends in everything there's a chance they're slowing you down and that's just real you know like sometimes yeah. you're better than your friends at things and you need to accept at some point that they are not as committed or as good or as motivated as you are and that's fine then you have friends stuff with friends but it's just not counter-strike um, yeah i think for me the I, same I thing happened that. in dota i used to play with my friends all the time and we were equal skill level And at some points, we just grew apart. I was way more into the game than they were. I kept playing. And I think at one point, I actually had this idea of making a friend team. And I tried it for like one day. And then I was like, this is going to be too hard. Like One day? (laughs) Yeah. We we just played a little bit. I was like, okay, they have way too much catching up to do. So I was just like, this isn't feasible. And that's just how it is. And that's how it is with every sport. Like, and, And that's completely fine. It doesn't mean you can't play CS with your friends, but it's just, you know. It was always my dream to have like an Arizona, like where I live, Arizona land team. And it was mm-hmm. it was stupid. I should have just joined the teams that wanted me, that were good. You know? Yeah. It's Someone in out. chat is saying like OG are friends though, which here's the difference. You can find friends through Dota that are good at Dota and are on your level, but it's generally a different experience than having real life friends that you've known for 10 years and that you also coincidentally play the video game with. Because you have very different relationships than these players do. And they're great friends for sure, but they develop their friendship through Dota, not the other way around. That's a really big difference. Agreed. Yeah. I would also tell myself, don't make a bet with Cinder so you don't have to eat fucking tomatoes. (laughs) But that's another story. 
Okay. I think my best one for what I would tell my younger self that has kind of carried over is don't overthink things. I think it's something I've always done too much is um, because in the end, like when you think very much about things and plan for all sorts of situations and whatnot, it's not how it goes anyway. It's like this classic thing, like you plan in your mind how this evening is going to go. Okay, so I'm going to do this and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And it just doesn't go that way. Like things don't really go the way you've planned. So it's more about being able to, you know, adjust on your feet and handle things uh, the way that they come. And it's the same. It, that's actually a skill that matters in Dota because sometimes when it comes to like drafting and planning, sometimes you can get caught up too much in making these like almost flow charts of 10 steps of if they pick this and ban this and pick this and ban this and then we ban and pick and ban and pick. You can do it to an extent. It's good to have like a small chart, but at some point it gets too complex and you actually lose track of what was important in your strategy to begin with. Hmm. Um, and it's something I have fallen victim to is looking for the perfect mathematical solution almost to a Dota problem rather than a functional problem that the team can execute and work on together. Because even if you think up something that you think is genius, is it realistic? That's something else. And sometimes you actually screw yourself over. So that's the Dota part of it. And then in real life, um, overthinking situations and uh, planning too much for stuff, like it's not how it goes anyway. So you can plan a bit and think ahead, but don't get caught up too much in exact details of how you think things are going to work out. Because, you know, it just doesn't generally go that way. I'm surprised you said that, actually, because I would have said for you that you're too nice. Stop being too nice. Mm, I think in Dota, for me, sometimes that can be a weakness. But I think in real life, just being it's nice for to Dota. people is, is good. Yeah, no, that, that is strictly Dota. for Dota. Yes. Uh, if I told my younger self, don't be so nice, who knows? Maybe I would have never played pro Dota. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's like a random series of events that leads to something, right? Maybe I would have been amazing. Maybe I would have won five TIs if I told my younger self, don't be so nice. I would love to see you try to be a real piece of shit for a week and see what happens. I would feel really bad about it. (laughs) I would just feel bad. Like being evil to people just makes me like, even if I flame people in pubs or like get carried away and just get annoyed with somebody and I, it's like they had it coming and they deserved it or whatever. Five minutes later, when I wind down, I just feel bad. I was like, "Why did I get carried away? That was so stupid." Right. I mean, I I, when I that when again, I say that know? to you, I mean, I mean it at less of uh, less in the sense of being toxic or something like that. It's more speaking your mind and mm-hmm. being more forceful oh, yeah. with your opinions. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by it. Because right I'm, now, I'm I think definitely you, more of a mediator than a yes. You're too democratic, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, all right. I, I don't. Yeah. Sure. Short. Short. All right, it's, it's time, guys. So if you guys don't remember, uh, Cinder and I had a friendly wager who would get more uh, predictions correct in the TI-9 compendium. If you had lost, you would have eaten, I can't even remember anymore, for the third time uh, you're going to tell cooked, me. Cooked Brussels sprouts. Yes, cooked Brussels sprouts, which you hate. Thank and God for me, I will eat two cherry tomatoes. I don't even know if I've ever had a cherry tomato, honestly. So I, I do apologize in advance for the audio listeners. I do appreciate your listens. I'll try to make some juicy noise for you. But for the video, you can see these are the cherry tomatoes. I will handpick them, and I will I promise not to pick like the smallest ones. I will pick normal size ones. Well, they all look a pretty good size, though. 
This is a really stupid question. Mm -hmm. Very stupid. I'm going to... This shows how much... I, there's no, like, seed in here, right? Right. I can just pop it in. I mean, tomatoes have seeds inside them. All of them do, right? But I don't know. But like... at a wall. Mm -hmm. Oh! Oh, it's a tomato. It tastes exactly <laughs> like a tomato. What are you talking about? It's horrible. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. How do people eat this? It's garbage. Oh. Okay, before you oh. do your next one. Before you do the next one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's so fucking bad, dude. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Holy shit. This is fucking <laughs> horrific. I can't believe it. I like I was expecting you uh. to probably dislike them like this. I have you know, people dislike stuff. To me, it's just so surreal. It's just so yeah. funny. You're eating a tomato, which is like the most harmless thing that, in my mind, everybody uh, eats and doesn't mind. And you fucking hate it. <laughs> it's so good. It tastes like... It's a fucking tomato. Man. What does it taste like? It's so bad. It's it's like <sighs> rotting feet with a mix of vomit. That's what it tastes like to me. Have you eaten rotten feet? That's what I expect it to sound like, or to okay. taste like. Fuck okay, you, so before you do the this. next one, so yes. you've had tomatoes before and you really dislike it, or you've had it yes. in burgers or whatever. Cherry tomatoes generally are a bit more flavorful and a bit sweeter than burger tomatoes. They're bigger and have lost a lot of their taste from breeding. I wouldn't know. This tastes um, exactly the same as all the tomatoes. To they me. taste the exact same to you, these yes. ones in burger tomatoes. Interesting. To me, there's a huge difference. I think cherry I, tomatoes are much better. So I will say, even though I hate tomatoes with a passion, I love mm -hmm. ketchup. I love tomato sauce, whether it's in spaghetti or pizza, and I love tomato soup. <laughs> I love all of them. Really? Sure. But I hate so tomatoes. That is Are so funny. I mean, some people have it with eggs, where they like eggs in stuff, but not eggs themselves. I think my brother is a bit like that. I don't think he despises eggs, but he doesn't. By the way, Nikki so also hates tomatoes, so this entire thing will be thrown out after this. How about you just give it to a friend or something? I don't have friends. All right, here we go. Oh, Last one. Give them to your cats. Holy. No. Oh, my God. Dude, I can't even finish this. It's not that big. You can get it down in one go. See, the... The alpha play would have been to just swallow it whole. I, that's I too guess big. There was, Maybe they you were can semi big cherry tomatoes, so I guess you couldn't do that. Um, probably. It's an experience thing. Yay! Uh, that was super enjoyable. We should do that again. No. Not to, how uh, about, okay, how about the aftertaste every, is so. How can people do it? There's no way. There's no way I'm this episode, insane. Every episode, you need to eat a tomato at the end. No, fuck that. Dude, what a, that's, this is content, man. I love this. This is my favorite part of the day so far. Of my whole day. <sighs> of the whole up, two Sindarin. and a half hours. Cinderin, have you watched In Bruges yet? No, not yet. But maybe I have next week. Maybe. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, thanks for watching We Say Things, episode 19. Oh, before I go, actually, maybe a lot of people won't listen to this, but if you guys have hookups to any sponsors that might be interested in sponsoring the podcast, please let us know. 
you can go on my website, sunsfan.gg, and you can find my email through there. We would appreciate it. Of course, we don't do this for money, but it helps it continue because I'm personally you... really happy. Okay, go ahead, Sundaran, please. I was just going to say, if you have a sponsor that's interested, they yeah. could pay for a dedicated tomato of the day segment. No, 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 no. That's not happening. You could be the tomato Vito. sponsor. Vito. That is, mm, that's value. You say that Vito is... right now, but I know everything has a price, even with you. So That's true. If they want to pay me a shit ton of money to eat tomatoes and hate them, I don't know how that's good advertising for them. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Uh, like we're, I'm personally really happy with this podcast. Like our numbers, not, I mean, I know people aren't supposed to talk about the numbers. They're really good guys. So thank you guys for watching and listening. We really appreciate it. We need sponsors though. Please email us. If you guys know anybody that would be interested, but yeah, until next time, guys, Suns fan and Cinderin signing out. Have a good one. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Oh,